Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to your Lurie and Julius show and my talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. Holly Roberts is in for Lori today. And- I believe you have something special for us, right? Yes. Okay. I have something very special for us to listen to before we get to the Seth Meyers story. What? No, you didn't. Julia, we've no, made you, you di- a, we've made you a club star. Yeah. We have no, made you, you a star. Oh, yeah. Now, earlier in the show, we were talking about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Jane. She just released a new song called Cars. Julia was getting down Cars to that, that song. Go- Boom. Yes. And Julia, you were dancing to this in the studio (laughs) because it's so wonderfully bad. It is. It's available on iTunes now. Yeah. Now, Julia, then we played Julia at the Minnesota State Fair doing her own version of the Cutie Patootie song. Now we have made a remix of that song. We're going to play the original. Then we'll play Patootie the remix. <laughs> Play it, Donnie. Because I'm a cutie, cutie patootie, working my way to be a sweetie, sweetie patootie, doing all the shows and not the lady. Because I'm a cutie, cutie oh, patootie, no. not the cutie, cutie Whoa. patootie, So funny that you you guys are. <laughs> Way to get me. Yeah, well, well we were trying to get never, you. We've get never you. been able to do something during the show like that. I'm impressed well, with you two. Well, you know, working wow. Working with the best. Working with, all right, well, there we go. <laughs> so we're sorry. If Look out for it in the club this weekend. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. For sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I should send a dandy Cohen. Oh, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right. Okay, so. Um, Seth Meyers, he's, he's just, he's one of those charming, delightful men who always looks like he's got this little naughty twinge in his eyes because they're always sparkling. He's got a great dimple. Well, he, something happened over the weekend and here he is telling his story last night on his show. Uh, usually, guys, usually I come to work at nine in the morning. Uh, I came into work uh, just about an hour ago today uh, because my wife gave birth to a baby boy yesterday. Here's the thing. Two years ago, I sat at this desk and I told a story about how my first son, Ash, was born and how it was very dramatic in that my wife, uh, her contractions started coming very quickly, uh, very suddenly, and we were really worried that she was going to give birth in the Uber. And we just made it, just made it to the hospital with basically 20 minutes to spare. Um, Well, move over that story, because that's so normal compared to what happened yesterday. Uh, wake up, uh, totally normal Sunday, uh, go to brunch, uh, we go to the park, my wife starts feeling something, uh, we've been talking to the doctor, uh, we have a friend, our friend Nilu is a, uh, she's a doula, she's like a midwife, talking to her, everything sounds fine, but we're thinking today's the day, we're going to work our way to the hospital, but again, nothing, 20 minutes apart, everything's fine, 
I'm feeding our son Ash lunch. My wife is upstairs with my mother-in-law, Joanne. And about 20 minutes into lunch, Joanne comes downstairs and just looks at me and says, we have to go to the hospital now, <laughs> which was not the calm I was looking for. It was like Bill Paxton and Aliens. It was like, game over, man. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's end of part one. Okay, but just, uh. I can't even imagine calling an Uber and ha- getting the hospital in time. I mean, that would be so stressful. Well, of course Mine it never be happened like that. You didn't have a uh, romantic no, my water, comedy. No, my water broke both times. Where? At home. Um. Yeah, they at, were both at, at, home. at home. The first okay. time I didn't know if I. Well, let's listen to the story. Okay. Because Joanne hadn't been there the last time I'd been there, and so I kind of knew how dramatic it was last time. But I figured we had plenty of time uh, to get to the hospital. So uh, my sister-in-law, Ariel, she comes over to watch Ash, who's in his crib, taking a nap. Uh, Nilu joins us, and uh, the four of us get in the elevator. My wife is in an intense amount of pain. It seems like now it's just one long contraction. Uh, we get into the lobby of our building. I have called an Uber. Uh, the Uber is outside, and we basically get to the steps of our building. We're in the lobby, and we're walking out the steps, and my wife just says, I can't get in the car. I'm going to have the baby right now. The baby is coming. And I... Uh, I just I'm trying to calm her down. I'm like, look, this is it again. I know because I've been through exactly one birth. <laughs> I'm like, this happens all the time. You're feeling <sighs> it's not trust me. I know when I talk. And uh, but even uh, our doula Neela was saying like, look, it's this is you're gonna be fine. And she's like, my wife is saying uh, the baby is coming. The baby is the baby is out. At which point, uh, Neely looked and then looked at me and said, the baby is out. Oh, and I looked at my wife, and the only way I can describe how my <laughs> wife looked was uh, she looked like someone who was hiding a baby in a pair of sweatpants. <laughs> it was like someone who was trying to like sneak a baby on a plane. And so then we're trying to, so we can, we're like, we bail, we're not going to leave. Uh, so we walked back in and we had to decide, do we go into the lobby or back on the elevator? Uh, those are terrible options <laughs> when what you're looking for is a hospital. Because neither of them are very close to a hospital. Uh, so my wife basically decided, decided for us and she went and she lied down in our lobby and, uh, and, and we just sort of like uh, created like a semicircle around her and you know, we undressed her and the baby was just out. The head of the baby was out. I called 911. This is how fast it happened. I called 911 and over the course of a minute conversation, I basically said, we're about to have a baby. We're having a baby. We had a baby. I went, <laughs> I went from someone like calling in about emergency to just sharing good news with a stranger. She's like, yeah, it's a boy. Yeah, it's great. You probably got stuff to do. Anyway, so my, my wife basically takes her baby and, and puts him on her chest and is uh, very incredibly calm uh, for what she just went through. I, uh, and then fire department, uh, NYPD, the amount of people that were in our lobby was uh, insane. Can you just oh, imagine? Can you even imagine? Gosh. And they had just moved into this building yeah. at the end of the year, so they don't really know their neighbors very well. And he said, and the, the really where she was, you got down and got off the elevator and you would just see her in that direction. Yeah. And he said, so Here's we, the baby smuggling yeah. in the sweatpants. I, isn't that the funniest description? <laughs> it looked like my life baby. was smuggling a baby in the sweatpants <laughs> yeah, of an airplane. He was so funny. I can't imagine. That is so outside of the realm of possibility for me, Julia, oh. listening to that story. Oh, I, Oh, you couldn't write a story like that. No, no. you couldn't. I but, just can't. But the good news is, is mom, baby, everyone is doing okay. Oh, everyone's yes. fine. Everyone's and, fine. And, Little and, Axel, I believe is the name. Is it Axel the baby? It's, baby's name? 
What is the boy's name? Alexi, A-L-E-X-I. Alexi. Oh, Alexi. No, that's his wife's name. Oh, what's the boy's name? Um, Axel. Axel. Axel? It is. Axel. Okay. It is Axel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Axel Rose. That's our second Axel. Josh Dumel and Fergie's baby's name Axel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just couldn't stop laughing. I'm thinking, <gasps> the panic, the sheer panic. Of and then all. you don't even care how many people are around to see. Oh my I gosh! Mean, like, I, w- I am in my lobby now. The doorman is seeing this. I mean, yeah. you just there. There's no secrets, and everything is every everything has been revealed. She must be a trooper, though. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, how, I just how could you, I mean you when the baby is on its way, I the never baby experienced gets what that. it wants. You didn't get just like the whoop, here comes a baby. No, I was in no, <laughs> no. I had to be on Pitocin to try to get me to start contractions. And, Doing laps. And, yeah. No, it was bad. I didn't like it. it lasted too long. Well, anywho, good for him and well, that's mazel and so, well, is, yes. and so Amy Schumer then was on last night because she has this new movie that I'm dying. Uh, I think it's really going to be funny. I feel pretty. Yeah, I feel pretty. So the premise of the movie is she is who she looks like now and she's at a workout at a soul cycle spinning class yeah, saw and she falls Very off fancy. her bike, yeah. hits her head, and comes, she was a very, she portrays a woman with no confidence at all. Low self-esteem. Low yes. self-esteem. And she falls off the bike like, at Soul Cycle, And she just pops up and she looks at herself in the mirror like she is all that and a model. Mm-hmm. So she suddenly can't remember that she didn't have self-esteem. She doesn't remember anything. And then what happens to her after that, It's it looks funny. I want her to have a hit. Well, so do I. I really do. She's been laying low the past year. Well, she said that she got sick after making um, Snatched with Goldie Hawn in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. She was sick. She was working too many projects. Mm. She was sick. She met this man who was her assistant's brother that she had known on and off but they started dating last fall the chef mm-hmm. his name is chris fisher and remember she got married mm-hmm. and um he asked stephen colbert asked her about her um you know going on a honeymoon and she said we we really didn't have one but we've had two kind of but they all center around food uh he's a chef he's cooking at sonoma at scribe vineyards i followed him there um, then he was cooking at a festival in Milan. I heard they invented pasta and wine. So I've just been kind of following him around, eating and getting drunk. And she just a good life. She Lovely just, and pleasant. She just sounds so cute. It was really a cute interview, and she just sounded so happy. Well, she looks happy. She you does. You can tell. She's taking and, it easy. And she said she never, when she was growing up, you know, people would say, what's your five-year plan? And she's like, I don't know. It was never marriage or relationships or anything like that. And suddenly she meets someone and it's like that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just a sweet story. Yeah. So she, you'll be seeing her out and about this week, people. Yeah. The movie comes out later this month. It does. I think, yes. I feel pretty and mm-hmm. witty and gay. It's time for the Dirt Alert. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese. Well, hi, friends. How are you? How was your weekend away? You know what? It was just fantastic. It was Nashville. It was fabulous. And boy... It was a good girls getaway. Oh, I'm so oh, jealous. I want to go there with I know. Girls. I was saying to, like, I know that a lot of mamas listen to this show. And I said today on Twin Cities Live, there is something so great about a girl's trip that with, like, girls who've known you forever. So these were gr- girlfriends from college. Right. And you are reminded of the person that you were, that mm-hmm. you still are inside. It's just you've got, like, different things going on. And right. it is so fun to be reminded that, like, I'm still that person. 
you know, oh, who drinks so- tequila on the rocks, girl. Did you do any yes. bar dancing? Of course. Nice. Yeah, we danced at bars. We just whooped it up. It was fantastic. Oh, awesome. good. Yeah, it's a really, really fun place. Oh, I'm glad. So I've been catching up on all of the dirt and yes. I was, you know, kind of keeping uh, posted on things while I was gone. But um, let me start with this cute, cute story about Amal Clooney talking about her courtship with George. Oh, my gosh. Can you stand it? So this is interesting because Amal um it did an interview with Vogue and she said that their kind of their romance happened after she went to a party at his house and uh, on Lake Como uh-huh. in Italy and that she was 35 at the time and she says it wasn't obvious that it was going to happen for me and she said and I wasn't willing or excited about the idea of getting married or having a family right um and they met and then they started exchanging emails and George took on the persona of his dog, Einstein, pretending he was in need of legal rescue. That was his line. Okay, that's oh, look hysterical. Look at you, George Clooney. Good job. That's hysterical. Right? And so he was emailing her, and they exchanged emails back and forth. Um, she admitted that she already really liked him before their first date at a London restaurant, and you know she just really wasn't prepared to settle. And so at the time, she was thinking, I don't know if being in love and being a mother is going to happen to me, which is a a lot of women when you hit your mid thirties. If that's, if you haven't found the person and you're like, am I running out of time? The eggs don't last forever. That's right. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, He had previously said that they went on a safari with friends and he took a photo of some giraffes that had come up to a smiling Amal. And in that moment he had an epiphany that he had to propose to her. Oh my. I mean, how romantic is that? I, it's it's really, really I can't romantic. even stand no, it. Can't. And she is perfection on the cover yes. of Vogue magazine Just and perfection. her pictorial. Oh. Yeah, he says she is sort of this remarkable human being and now mother, which is something I suppose you should assume she would be wonderful at as well. But when you see it in person, it makes you feel incredibly proud, but also incredibly small. I know. George. I know, George. Oh my gosh. Their 10-month-old twins have um, said their first words, like mama and Dada, and uh, Amal said that George was very careful to make sure that Mama was their first words, to keep saying Mama. Unlike um, in my house, my husband keeps going Dada, Dada, Dada to our nine-month-old, and then I say, no, Mama, Mama, Mama. We so are you're confusing so, the kid. <laughs> so who's winning on that one, Elizabeth? De- All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Definitely Dada. Dada? It is totally winning. Yes, yes. My daughter's first words were uh-oh, though. So <laughs> I like so that cute. one. Cute. She didn't say mama or dada first. She said uh-oh. Oh, and it was hilarious and cute. And I think sort of, you know, shows what her life is going to be like. (laughs) 
Oh. A little prophetic there. Uh oh. So anyway, that's the cute George and Amal love story. Let's talk about um, a love story that didn't end so well. Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau. Justin dealing with more drama, and this has nothing to do with Jennifer. This still has to do with this house, this apartment. The apartment? Oh, is oh, it back in the news? Is he still fighting with the neighbor? Yes, the neighbor is calling Justin Thoreau a hypocrite for um, griping that a Daily Mail article about his basement storage unit violated his privacy, <laughs> even though he invited GQ and New York Times reporters into his apartment to do profiles. These two have this escalating court battle over the $1 million renovation of Justin Thoreau's West Village uh, pad on Washington Place. And uh, here's what the neighbor says in papers. Justin Thoreau attempts to take me to task for allowing a reporter and camera crew from DailyMail.com into the building, but then realized... He's such a hypocrite because he had no problem inviting GQ and the New York Times. You know what? Yeah. Blah, blah. Yep. I feel like over the years, we've had a lot of stories about renovations gone wrong yep. in New York City. It's if, too tight in it, there, yeah, Holly. I know. It is tight. It is nasty. And get ready to fight with your neighbors when you're doing any kind of re- renovation in New York City. Oh, my gosh. No question. Like anything that's happening. I feel like Madonna, Lenny Kravitz, Oh, Madonna maybe. put up the things in front and she put out two cement blocks in oh, front yes. of her house so people couldn't park there. I yes. Mean, does I feel like... It's entitlement. Somebody was fighting over a tree at one point, and that fight went on for years. Well, this one, too, with Justin Thoreau, uh, the one one thing that really upset him was that this neighbor, the lawyer, killed the ivy that grew between, grew between their shared rooftop deck space. Oh, oh dear. I don't know why. You know, I think this apartment has been... Really something he should have just moved out of a long time ago. It's it just is- not worth it. New York real estate sounds like so exhausting to deal mm-hmm. with all of those people. And all of, I mean, what's worse than dealing with a lot of people on top of each other? A lot of rich people on top exactly. of each other. Oh, yes. Exactly. The entitlement beyond. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Um, okay. Let's talk about Khloe Kardashian. Uh, there is a story today. Yep. <sighs> that Tristan Thompson, her soon to be baby daddy, was caught getting close to another woman. Kardashian is nine months pregnant with their first child together. Uh, the Daily Mail has pictures and video of Tristan Thompson appearing to kiss a mystery brunette in a New York City club on Saturday, April 7th. You know, and he was wearing something to disguise himself. He had like a, a, a cloth napkin over his, his head. Jeez. Yeah. A club go- goer who filmed the footage told the publication, I was there and he was on the table right next to us with a group of friends and some girl who he was obviously making out with all night. Yikes. I feel like at least Kris Jenner advised Tristan, maybe don't make out with other people until the birth of your child. This bothers me a lot. Well, it I, would really, be so, yeah. I would be heartbroken because I really did think Chloe really loved him. Well, me too. I but the hard thing is, remember, I mean, he he got together with Chloe when his ex, or that's, what, that's, they were still together and she was pregnant i know i don't know like what makes you think as a woman that he's going to be different to you you are the same and maybe ultimately maybe chloe doesn't even really care that much i mean i know the narrative on her instagram on her yeah on her instagram accounts is how much she loves him a we're posing for photographs together look we can't wait for the arrival of our baby i love him so much but maybe 
maybe ultimately that's just uh, in servicing her public image and behind the scenes. I don't believe it. She doesn't. I don't believe it. I don't believe she just wants the baby. Yeah, she just wants the baby. But if you just want the baby, then you go to a sperm bank and you get a baby. Like you don't have to deal with the drama that comes along with someone else if you don't want to. You present logic in this story. Elizabeth. I know that's true. Thank you, Holly. I do. (laughs) And I thank you for that. And it hurts me when it's misunderstood by the Uh, Kardashians. Yeah. Uh, Yolanda Hadid has officially changed her last name. No more Foster. She removed it. All right. Her legal name change. She filed last month to drop the Foster from her name. The judge signed off on the the request. So now she's back to using her first married name. Well, because it's her kid's last name. Because that's her kid's last name. And I don't know why she ever would change it in the first place. Because Mm -hmm. I, like, when I got divorced, it's my kid's name. And I grew up in a house that had my mom had a her maiden name. We had a stepdad with a different name, and we all had different names. And I hated it. Really? Oh, I hated it. Yeah, but I that get was that. the times. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the divorce was in nineteen seventy four or something. You know, I think that keeping the name as your, I would want to keep the same name as my children. As my children, yeah. and she, her kids are famous. Yeah, the Hadid you know, name has more leverage than does. the Foster name at Big this time. point. Well, She's, yeah, and her maiden name is Vanderherrick. You know, she's Dutch. Yeah. So, no, she's doing the right thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is. She absolutely is. This is a sad one, too, before I go. Kate Goslin's daughters, Maddie and Kara, stopped speaking to their father. Maddie, they haven't John Goslin well, at all. Listen. John Goslin. Yeah, he's not in their lives at all. Well, listen. I think he's... I think... That's a bad divorce. It's. Oh, been, I was just going to say it's been bad ugly. forever, but she's coming out with a dating reality show. You missed that when you were away, and oh, we'll discuss it later. Fabulous. All yes. right, thanks, girls. It's nice to be back with you. All right, thank you. Uh, we've got Kenny here with the traffic, and then we're going to come back with some um, this amazing thing that people actually spend money to find out about. We'll be right back. Okay, thank you. Uh, this, uh, well, this one's sponsored by Concordia. Um, this is an obvious no-brainer, or do you think, hmm, over half of women are closer to their best friend than their husband? That is totally a study of duh. Mm-hmm. Not surprised Tell whatsoever. Me why. why aren't why? you surprised? Because oftentimes, maybe you've had a longer relationship with your best girlfriend. Also, you're going to be telling more intimate details about your life to your best friend than you are to your significant other. They period. don't want to be, Lori always says, they don't want to be bothered with that stuff. No. Go, tell me, tell anybody else. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They don't want to know we that. Don't. They don't no. care. Well, and also, when you're with your best girlfriend, you're going to be talking about your relationship in a way that you would never would be with your significant other. Right. It's just, it, that's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to be complaining. You think that number's low? I actually think that it, number is kind of low. Mm-hmm. I would say probably a good 70%. Yeah. Of, of yes, and they say you can talk about anything. You can talk, yes, yes. And I, nothing is off limits, and you know that they will listen and almost care. And versus, almost care. And, almost and I'm cares. not saying yeah. that your own relationship yeah. isn't great. I'm just saying there's just some stuff that well, you will ponder and go over and go over, and and your significant other could. I mean, it would make it would be like you know chalk on a nails on a chalkboard yeah there are certain ways to well yeah and also i would say that there are certain ways that you have conversations with your significant other in order to maintain a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. in a way that you don't with your best friend right study duh oh study duh all right totally study all right you can be yourself more they um like she gives better advice 
About a fourth um, of the women said she's less annoying. Yeah, we're, we're, we're hesitant to give advice because yeah. we don't want to be wrong. Mm. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, there Sorry. You go. It's the way of the world. Okay. I tell you? Here's um, a study from Mumsnet. And it's from across the pond. Okay, but now you're, neither of you have ever experienced this, but over a third of new moms put up with uncomfortable sex for months after giving birth. Mm. 36% of women said they put up with uncomfortable sex after giving birth, while 42% said they experienced problems with incontinence. And pelvic floor issues. We were just talking about this yesterday we on the show. And so oh. it's it's um it's kind of interesting because the um vagina hmm? the clod the Clenched vagina. What's the name of the show tomorrow Tense. night? Tense, Tense vagina. vagina. The clenched, <laughs> the clenched the vagina. Um Miss Joni. I want to call her Susan Joni. No, Sarah. Sarah Julie. So close. Close enough. So Sarah Julie's Sarah doing Julie. a whole one-woman show. At O'Shaughnessy, show at O'Shaughnessy tomorrow night. The Fry yeah. Theater. That sounded so good. But she talks about when she gave birth and how people don't talk about painful sex, about um, you know incontinence and some of the other exciting things that are happening to your lady parts. Mm-hmm. And so a third of women put up with uncomfortable sex. They just say, um, yep, it hurts, but yep, they do it. Mm. Because sometimes you can't do it for quite a while if you've had any tearing or anything. Well, yeah, your your body went through a lot. You just gave birth to another human being. It yeah. might hurt. And you get to wear those really cute underwear, too. Oh, which? Oh, oh big, big granny panties. By day, they were the netting. They were Gra- netting. Netting? Uh-huh. Just where where was the netting? In the crotch? No, just all over netting. <laughs> all over netting. It was just netting. a lovely little... Um... <laughs> well, you're talking about postpartum underwear, or you're mm-hmm. talking about sexy underwear? Nope. No, really? Well, okay. They could be observed as both, but I, depending on how you're feeling at that moment, and how desperate it would your husband be is. more of a... Um, a post-delivery. Might mm-hmm. be a thing. It might be a thing that he never knew was a thing for they him. They send you home. They, I was sent home with these lovely fishnet, you know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's your parting That's, gift. That's Thank my, you. No, that and, oh, and a cute baby. Oh, okay, well, here, yes. here is some more study of does and stupid. Please. Um, let's see here. So, well, this is just kind of maybe an interesting thought. Um, I was Googling the dumbest studies that people have done, and this is from entrepreneur.com. Um, playing Tetris for just three minutes stops your craving for sex, alcohol, and food. A team of psychologists from Plymouth University Technology have ter- determined after many hours of Tetris. Do you play that game, Holly? I have in the past. I haven't played it in a long time. I've never played it. No, me neither. No. I I've seen it. Love People it. love it. Isn't that where the little aliens come down and you have to get rid of them? No, that's Space no, no. Invaders. Oh. Tetris is the thing where you have the different shaped blocks and you have to fit them all together. But I totally get it. You become completely absorbed in this game. And it is stressful, Julia. When you are looking for a square and you get a long thing and you can't fit the long thing where the square is supposed to be. and then Is ha- it like Blocus? Like, you know I the board know game Excuse Blocus? you? I don't know. Okay, what, never mind. That sounds okay. suggestive. All right. Well, <laughs> okay, so here, oh. so they they were doing this study. Um, the game can be addicting and distract users from doing other stuff for a while, like eating, drinking, and having sex. It kind of makes you wonder how they managed to finish the study. But they said it curves the cravings because it's all consuming. Yeah. And indulging, uh, it's a visually interesting game. It occupies the mental process that support imagery. It is hard to imagine something vividly and play set, play Tetris at the same time. 
As a supportive tool, Tetris could help people manage their cravings in their daily daily lives. I kind of akin the game Tetris. You know, if you have a little fidgety thing in your hand and you're not, and it helps you to calm down down and Tetris, it's so absorbing. I used to play it on the original Game Boy way back in the day. Oh, yeah. And then you would just sit there for an hour and then you'd be like, where did I just go? Right. What happened? What happened? So So it it takes you in. So maybe that's social media today. Yeah. So Instagram or something. Yeah. Or, you know, if you know you can't get any and you're not in a convenient place to uh, take care of your things in private, just go play Tetris. Okay. Here's a study that someone actually did. This, according to a report, a new study from the Global Business Travel Association, the good old GBTA. Oh, them. Found out this, that business travelers who are enrolled, enrolled in the TSA pre-check program are much more satisfied with their air travel than those who've not signed up. Yeah. Really? Thank you. Wow. wow. The sky mm-hmm. is blue. And- really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> stupid study that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody needed funding for their project, Donnie. Oh Justify your you existence. Fund that? Well, that, well, this is the reason. I bet that this study could now justify if you're a heavy, extensive business traveler, you present this study to your boss and you show them that they need to pay for TSA pre-check they have a new program that's going away they have this new program called choice i think what is that it's a brand new one where you just literally just walk through oh it's a new one you can sign up at the airport yeah you pay okay but it's it takes away a lot of stress and time then you get your company to pay for that for you yes okay get on that Mm. okay here's a great study yeah exercise makes our muscles work better with age this was researchers at mcgill universities and other school published a journal of applied psychology slapping my head they compared a group of athletes <laughs> to normal older people and found that athletes legs were much stronger and had 14 percent more well, muscle funny wow mm-hmm. funny how exercising yeah. mm-hmm. makes wow, your muscles yeah. stronger okay. mm-hmm. keep working them yeah okay there's a simple trick to determine liberals from conservatives do you know this no someone figured this out it seems that it's all just in words conservatives like to use nouns more than liberals Mm -hmm. for example they would tend to call people optimist instead of optimistic or an idealist instead of idealistic the findings published in the journal of political (laughs) psychology were consistent across three countries Looking at speeches in three different languages, the study found, for example, George W. Bush, a mm-hmm. conservative, used more nouns in his speech than his liberal counterparts. It's kind of interesting. I think that's interesting. I did too. Okay. I'm going to just to, check that out. Now I'm going to listen to a political speech and find on both sides of the spectrum and find the nouns versus the adjectives. Don't you think? Yeah, sure. I like that one. I do too. Mm-hmm. All right. When we come back, we're going to find out another person is coming clean about their plastic surgery. Yesterday, we learned about Cardi B. And her butt injections in the basement. Today we're going to learn about something else. I'll admit it's my fault, but you gotta believe me when I say it only happened once. Being married to her new chef husband, Chris Fisher. Oh, and um, she looked just happy. She seems happy. Her new movie, um, what is it called? Again? I feel pretty. I I I feel pretty. I feel, I feel pretty. pretty. And is coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I'm liking lately. So last week, Tyra Banks stated the obvious. By the way, 
my nose bones were growing in every direction, and I had a nose job. Yes, well, she did. I just decided to get rhinoplasty while they were fixing the bone issue I was having with every, my nose. My bones kept growing everywhere. Isn't that so she admitted convenient. it in her book. I've admitted it. I've had a breast um, reduction. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had my nose tweaked. It was the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. Um, I've had liposuction. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Okay. Oh, wow. I do Botox. Yeah. That's do, it for that's me. Okay. That's so it. those are my okay. so plastic the surgery Botox confessions. And the breast reduction. Good oh, for you. The best things the ever. The best yeah. things ever. The other ever. ones, not so, no, much. so much. Don't do it. Right. So Anna Ferris, I like this. And I like her argument. Um, it's just kind of interesting. She admitted today about her breast augmentation and the decision to get it done. She's on the cover of Women's Health May issue already. I, know. I can't even think of May with the snow. Um, and here's what she said. She was, and if you ever saw her like in, before, before, after House Bunny, she was in House Bunny. Mm-hmm. She's hysterical in that movie. I love that movie, I House Bunny. I love that movie. I love I love that movie. But, <laughs> that's a reason. <laughs> so she said you get she was a negative oh, A cup. And you know these people negative that are concave, a. basically. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And she said um, she'd done it. Uh, she just finished House Thing. She got divorced. New things were happening. She sold another another movie, and she said, I never, ever thought I'd do something like getting my breast done. I always thought plastic surgery was caving into the man, you know. Mm. But it came down to the simple thing. I wanted to fill out the darts or the bikini. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would that feel like? I'm so floored that I did it because I'm such a staunch feminist. I keep thinking, am I betraying my own, own gender by doing this? And... Um, she said, I wish we were more supportive of each other, whether it's getting braces, bleaching hair, getting extensions, getting boob job, getting vaginal <laughs> surgery, or getting a nose job. And I don't know that we're not supportive of each other. Um, I think that that's a myth. I think that's I an too. old myth that women aren't supportive of each other's plastic surgery. I right. think at, at this point in the in the game, everyone, do what you want to do to make you feel like the best version and of And I don't yourself. think it matters if you're a feminist or no. not. I mean, that and that old thing is gone. Femi- feminism is equal rights. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And that's all, the old negative connotation, I think, of the 70s feminists, like Ms. Magazine. A it's a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, it is a stereotype. So, so I, yeah. I kind of like her just owning it. Well, it's so refreshing to have a celebrity own their plastic surgery, and especially in this way, because even when Tyra Banks admitted to getting a nose job, she did it in a roundabout way. She was selling a book. And she was selling a book where Anna Faris is just like, look, man, I wanted to fill out a bikini and I wanted bigger boobs and I was celebrating life and I got a boob job. That's fantastic. Don't you think? Yes. Mm, If you're living your best life, go and do that. And also on the reverse side, don't feel pressured to do anything. If that's not how you want to look, then don't do it. And Cardi B, when she told us yesterday that she had butt injections in the basement of a woman's house in Brooklyn. Yeah, they weren't legal. And and how uncomfortable. She said it hurt more than anything in her life and then they leaked. Mm -hmm. That's just the one that I just can't, I can understand a lot of things, but I don't, I can't get my arms around that one yet. I feel like we just need to suggest that anytime you do want to augment your body, please see a professional. Yeah. Please 100%. go to the professional. I know it. All right, now you have a story. 
Oh, yeah, I do. All right, oh, tell really? us. Oh, no, uh, this is a good one. <laughs> okay. I have a story about something that was found in the old Dayton's in downtown Minneapolis. As we all know, the Dayton's building has now been purchased and it's going to be turned into the Dayton's project. So there's a lot of construction going on before that new project opens. And somebody found something really surprising and interesting in the demolition process at Dayton's. They found a mummified monkey. Mm-hmm. A mummified In the Dayton's yeah. Project in downtown Minneapolis. So someone submitted a photo to the old Minneapolis Facebook page of the remains of the mummified monkey from the downtown's Dayton Project. Now, there are some theories about where this monkey came from. Somebody on this Facebook page said that he used to work in the building in the early 2000s and was told by a longtime building worker that a monkey had escaped from the eighth floor pet store back in the 1960s. 60s. There was an eighth floor pet store. I never knew that. I mean, it eighth was a full service store? department Dayton's? store back in the day in the 1960s. Okay. This according to someone who told someone. So this is a third hand story. So okay. the staff determined that the monkey had escaped into the air conditioning duct and later they discovered an odor and apparently this poor monkey was caught in an exhaust fan. Which makes sense because the photo shows a cut in the monkey's abdomen. And yeah, it does. yeah, yeah and that. other commenters posted photographs of Dayton's ads from the 1960s for exotic pets, including monkeys. Oh, wow. tragic! Yeah, the photo's amazing. Look I had a, I had a pet dwarf hamster that disappeared in our house, and I feel like it was in the. <laughs> it was there. Yeah, it somewhere. was somewhere in the ventilation system. Rest in peace, Twinkle Toes. Might still be there. You mean as a mummified I mean, hamster? I mean, could me. My parents still live in the house. Yeah. Okay. Oh my! Oh my gosh! I just got the picture. Yeah, yes. Look at that. Oh my I, word! It's completely intact. It, it literally is. is the mummified remains of a small monkey. Yep, long time. And Dayton's used to sell exotic pets back in the day. Oh, oh. I know that is crazy. That is crazy. Anyway, that is crazy. so that is news you weren't that, expecting. Today. No, it isn't. And we need to give a shout out to the Grand Cafe in Minneapolis and the chef owner Jamie Malone. She was listed um, as Food and Wine Magazine's Restaurant of the Year and got the cover photo with their swirl of pastry that's painted with black honey and sandwiches with chicken liver mousse. It's the dish of the year. It's the, it's in the May issue of Food and Wine. Um, and what makes the restaurant of the year? The Food and Wine editor, Jord- Jordana, says it always begins with something delicious. Flavor we can't shake. A cuisine ripe for the celebration. A new idea. A classic revived. In the end, the restaurants we fell in love with this year were the ones that offered a rich portrait of the people who made them. They reminded us the good meal can capture the spirit of a place as sharply as a postcard. So congrats, congrats. That is fantastic. The Grand Cafe. I know it. And you can get um, recipes. They're big recipes for chicken livers uh, with black honey glaze. Milk chocolate pot stucrum and poached leeks with sauce gerbeich. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'll go with um, the chocolate stuff. <laughs> I know it. At Food and Wine Magazine. I've never been to the Grand Cafe. I haven't either. I haven't either. It's in South Minneapolis, but gonna, it is yeah, the hottest restaurant yep. in town. Hello. So Hello. congratulations Ooh. to yes. Jamie Malone. That's awesome. Yes. And everyone have a great night tomorrow. A great tomorrow? night tomorrow? Oh, yeah. A great night you tonight. tonight or? Are you, it's tonight crappy. Yeah. What do you got against Tuesday night, another, Julia? Uh, are you getting another pizza delivered tonight? Or what is it, Julia? Another yeah. top up? Or a... 
Where, where, how would you like you to be stay? me with my brain sometimes? It is always... I'm just wondering where people can look for you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great night tonight. I see sun out there, people. Go out and enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow.